It's time for another episode of the Hoffcast. I am recording this in my hotel room in Coos Bay, Oregon. It's storming outside. And I had two shows last night at the Mill Casino. Thanks to everybody that came out. Uh, I had a buddy from high school, or, uh, well, we <laughs> would have gone to high school together, but he moved. Uh, he was with me all through elementary school, and then I think he took off in junior high. A good buddy of mine, Tim, uh, showed up, had some friends come out, and it was good to see him. And, uh, and it, let me tell you, it was a tale of two shows last night, because the first show at 7, packed audience, they couldn't have been better, had a lot of fun playing with them, and uh, was riding high. Felt good, just saw an old buddy, and then late show, they just come like just strolling in two at a time, just barely a crowd there to start, and, and of course when that happens, nobody sits up front. I don't know what that is about comedy. Comedy has gotten a bad rap about uh, people not wanting to get picked on in the audience, uh, so they don't sit in the front or in the middle section I don't know what that is. I don't know. That's still some sort of weird stigma from the 80s. Uh, if, by the way, if comedy is going well, comedians typically don't go out into the crowd. Like, we, we have jokes that we want to tell. We have things that we've worked on, things that we've written. Yeah, we've got some new stuff. And there are some guys that like to be a little more natural and engage with the audience. But typically, it's not mean-spirited unless things are going poorly. Uh, <laughs> uh, heckling and um, and comics going out into the crowd to talk to them is is born out of the show not going the way the comic wanted to or the way the crowd wanted it to. Um, so I don't know where the stigma came. The show is better if everybody sits up front and in the middle. Like at least that way it fills in. And then, by the way, out shows outside of a comedy club, then often people will like walk in and see, oh, it doesn't look that great. It's kind of smattered around. People are all over the place. Or, oh, the only seats available up front. No, you know what? I'm not going to come in. I'm not going to go. And and they walk out. And so many shows could be great, but the audience just didn't know how to be sat. Or the venue didn't know how to sit them. And this particular place last night, you know, it, it was fine, but it's not a comedy club, so they don't sit people and, and that's a problem because this particular place, uh, it was a free admission. You had to buy two items off the menu, which is pretty par for the course. And people going out to a bar or show, they're probably going to have something anyway. Uh, but uh, they didn't sit people. And several people walked in, saw, oh, the only seats are in the middle up front. I'm not going to come in. And they just walk out. And so many shows could be saved or made that much better if just the early people would sit up front. So I urge you, next time you go to a comedy show, sit up front in the middle. Take those first available seats because people will fill in behind you and it's going to be a better show. Comedy is fed by the energy of the crowd. I've seen so many great comics like Match the low energy of the crowd, and the show suffers because of it. And and my comedy is no different. I love it when when the energy is high and people are having a good time and, and the laughter, you can ride the laughter. In those moments is when you find the real gems. You're able to play. 
But uh, when people are sat far apart from each other, laughter isn't as contagious, and they're kind of like almost just voyeurs, just almost like looking through a peephole at a comedy show. And and when you're doing that, you're being quiet. You don't want to. You don't want to make attract attention to yourself. You just having inward. La- last night, a girl covered her mouth to laugh, and I'm like, no, 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 let it out. I need that laughter. I people around you need that laughter because guess what? If nobody's laughing, then then even if something strikes you as funny, you don't want to be the only one laughing. So there's something inside your body that holds it back, holds it in, and I need you to let it out like a sneeze. And so, so the second show last night was a weird one. Uh, me and the other comic, uh, we were both just looking at each other, like, "Nah, all right, here we go. This is uh, this is how this works. Uh, you go from being kings, who had a great time, and everybody is praising you on the way out and giving you high fives and signing up on your email list and interested in your merchandise, to the late show just being so weird. And I still had fun with it, but it was a completely different kind of show." And I didn't get to do what I wanted. I, I did actually do a few new jokes just because I was like, you know what, I'm going to play this way. Uh, but it's hard to get a gauge on on what is good in a new joke when when people are so spread out and you can't even tell. And some people are on their phones and, and the wait staff outside of a comedy club isn't trained to like kneel down next to you and lower their voice so that you match. So they just say, what what can I get you? And then you yell back at them because they, you're just matching their energy. And so then the comic has to talk even louder and like go away from that table. <laughs> the the guy that was uh, opening the show, he, <laughs> he said during his closing joke, which is one of the most important jokes in a comics act. It's the final thing that you're going to give to people. You're supposed to write out on a high note. So this is how they remember you. They love you for this joke. And he said, at that time, three different waiters were taking orders. And he's like, and at that moment, he just knew nothing was going to sell. Like, what, the, I think the biggest table there in that second show was like six people, and and uh, and a waiter was talking to them at that moment. So it's 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 things like that that like could be avoided and could make comedy better, but uh, most people don't know. Most people don't know. So I'm here to educate. You go to a comedy show, sit up front, have high energy. You know. And, and don't talk to the comedian unless he talks to you or she talks to you. That That's a big thing. People think, no, I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm giving them things. We don't need it unless we're asking for it. And sometimes we do go out into the crowd because we need it. And then when a question is asked, just answer truthfully because there's comedy in the truth. Sometimes people will try to make things up like, no, I don't. I've never seen this person in my life when in reality they've been married for 11 years, which there's so much comedy that can come out of 11 years of marriage. But uh, you're sitting next to somebody you don't know. There's nothing we can do with that. So uh, just just, you know, tell the truth and enjoy the ride. That's that's comedy is interactive theater. But uh but but there are all these ways to make it better. So uh, and and when it's done well, it's one of the best things. When it's not done well, comedy can be a horrible thing. And I think that's also a problem. Sometimes some of you have probably been to comedy shows where you're like, man, that guy bombed. He bombed out of control, and it was embarrassing, and everybody felt awkward. What a horrible thing! But when it's done well, I mean, you have more laughs per minute 
than you'll have in like you'll have more laughs in five minutes of a great comedy show than you will have in an hour and a half of a great comedy movie. And I love great comedy movies, but you there aren't that many laugh out loud moments that you're gonna have that you can have inside a comedy club or at a comedy show. So, uh, but but there are little things that the club can do and things that the co- uh, crowd can do to improve the show. People think, no, this is just like a movie or just like seeing a Broadway production where it kind of doesn't matter where I sit because the show is going to be the same. It's not at all the same. We are so dependent on an audience. We are a cohesive unit. You are as much a part of that show as the comedian. And there are bad comedians and there are bad crowds. And and when they when they combine, it's a horrible thing. Or when there's just one or the other, it's a horrible thing. Uh, but when they can match up and be great crowds with great comics that's where magic happens and that's what i want that's what i want everybody to experience that's the whole reason i started running my own show in los angeles years ago and it's since defunct uh, we uh the the restaurant closed they couldn't make it without us um but we had a show and we just wanted to put on a good show we wanted to bring the people that we like uh and 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 give an audience a great show. And that's how we started out doing that. And we couldn't, in the end, make it last longer than two years, which, uh, you know, we were happy, happy with that. Robbie Slowick and I, who has been a guest on the podcast, we ran a show in Santa Monica, California. We had some great ones, and then we had some turds. (laughs) And the turds I blame on the audience. And I blame on people walking around the Third Street Promenade who wouldn't come to a free comedy show because, you know what? Some people just don't like to laugh. I mean, I remember we were, we handed out uh, we handed out flyers to that show. We were out there barking, which is a horrible experience as a comedian. Uh, I don't know if any of you have seen uh, Pete Holmes' show on HBO called Crashing. It's uh, a lot of that is him out in Times Square handing out flyers to comedy shows. What a painstaking thing for a comedian to do. And I was out there on the Third Street Promenade with Robbie handing out flyers, and I had a whole stack of them. And one time I tried to hand one to a guy, and he was just standing there talking to someone, and I was like, hey, man, you want to go see comedy? And he slapped the entire stack out of my hand. And I just stood there and looked at him. His girlfriend was like, what, what's wrong? Why are you being such a dick? And she's like, I'm sorry. And then that guy hated me even more because now his girlfriend's apologizing on behalf of him to me. And I'm sitting there just picking him up, and I didn't, like, break eye contact with him. I, like, kneeled down and looked at him And I'm as I'm picking these flyers up, like, what in the hell, dude? Don't you know that this already sucks enough to just put my hat in my hand and be like, hey, would you like to come see me live my dream? And and he just slapped the flyers. What an asshole. I wish I had taken a picture of that guy and I could post it right now because I'm into revenge. I mean, I'm into vengeance. And that guy needed uh, needed to have it handed right back to him. There's some people in this world that are pricks and they need to be put on blast. I love that. When, when you see those YouTube videos that go viral of, like, a lady losing her shit at a Chipotle. Uh, and, you know, those people need that social justice that I can get behind. The social justice I can't get behind is when people take things out of context or they go too far with something or they take a picture of someone who looks stupid 
and they post that. That kind of stuff I don't like because, uh, you know, that, that's just mean-spirited. But when somebody is mean in the first place, then they get it right back, which is, by the way, the only time I will ever come at you at a comedy show is if you're being a dick to me while I'm on stage, then I'm going to, you know, fight fire with fire. And I usually give the person one or two chances. It doesn't happen that often because I have, like, you know, kind of a positive energy about my comedy, and it's not often confrontational. But, oh, yeah, I'll be out at 1230. Sorry. I think so. Thank you. Oh, now, see, I'm I'm trying to, now I got me questioning whether or not, uh, oh, it's 1208. You know what? I'm going to put this on pause because I got to get uh, my stuff packed up uh, and, and get out of here. Right? I'll try and remember where I was. I'll, I'll be right back. All right. I'll be honest with you guys right now. I had to leave the last hotel, and so now I have no idea where I was. Um, <laughs> you guys heard the, <laughs> the maid staff was knocking on the door, and it was already past checkout time, and I thought that I had made a late checkout, but then as she was saying, are you sure about that? Does the front desk know? I was like, you know, I'm not 100% sure. I'm getting my days crossed, and I'm not 100% sure that I actually did make it. I know the other comic that I'm working with right now, I know he got a late checkout, and I just assumed that I had gotten it too. And I <laughs> I was like, no, 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 that's good. I got it. And she walked away, but I, I think in her head she was like, nee, he does not have a late checkout. I know I have my notes in front of me. The front desk would have let me know. I'm sure she was perfectly nice. And I was in the wrong, so I had to uh, I had to put the podcast on hold and leave. And since then, I have driven. Uh, I had lunch with uh, my old buddy. And then uh, Travis, the other comic, and I drove to... Winston, Oregon, and just had a show at uh, the Looking Glass Brewery, which was a good time, uh, and good beer up there. They uh, they brew a bunch of different beers, and it's really good. So if you're in that area, uh, swing by the Looking Glass and tell them Nick said hello. They it was an awesome show. You never know how those are gonna go. Those independent, you know, one nighters, and I mean it. I gotta be honest, it had all the makings of a crap show. It there was no stage. There was no lighting. Uh, we Travis had a uh, a speaker and a microphone in his trunk, so we were able to use that. But there was no mic stand. I mean, it had all the makings. There was no assigned seating. There were no tickets sold. It was just like a free show that the brewery put on. Uh, they just paid us to come in and do the show. And I mean. When we were pulling up, I was like, this has all the makings of a gigantic turd. And I I got to tell you, it was fantastic. Everybody was into it. Even though the lighting was just like neon, like workplace lighting, it, everybody was stoked to be there. They were excited for uh, live comedy, and they did it right. And it was the perfect thing we needed after last night's uh, uh, late show, which was just uh, garbage. So <laughs> we we needed that. And uh, so now we're just kind of feeling good and, uh, you know, get an early night here. And tomorrow there's like this, there's this, uh, this, it's not a zoo. It's like a wildlife uh, reserve here. And that's what everything in the town is, is based around that. Even the hotel we're staying at is like called the Wildlife Safari Lodge. And even though it's not 
close to the thing. It's just like, well, that's what people know about this town, so that's what we're going to name this hotel, which is more of a motel, and so we're, and now Travis is coming back in. Uh, so I think we're going to go try and check that out tomorrow and uh, see what that's all about. They, they have like emus that come up to the car. Travis is here. Travis, say hello. Travis will be a guest on the podcast, unless we have a terrible falling out in Medford. Oh, man. What is this? Oh, he's showing me his Garfield obsession, and he, now he's looking up, like, he's following Garfield's Instagram or whatever this is, and Garfield as a superhero, which is called, what is that? Pet Force. Oh, the Pet Force. Okay, Travis is no longer on the podcast next week. <laughs> he has now been demoted. He, he was telling me as he was getting ready to go outside, he was like, you know, this might be embarrassing, but I am really into Garfield. And and I was like, oh, I'll go see if they have a second room. Uh, <laughs> maybe I can get the hell out of here. I was, I was just telling him about the show tonight and how it had all the makings of a turd, and it was just fantastic. Dude, when we showed up there, though, that could have been bad. Yeah. The lighting, no stage. The, there were no, there was no sign that a comedy show was going to happen. There were no signs up like tonight only live comedy. There was none of that. So we, I mean, but it couldn't have gone better. We were, we were pretty stoked with it, and uh, everybody there was happy and uh, and got to hang out with some fun people. One guy uh, was having a birthday, and I thought he was going to murder us, but. It turned out he had a fan. He had a murdering look, but also somehow you said uh, what he looked like the dude from Big Lebowski. Yeah, he looked. He kind of had a Big Lebowski vibe. He had a he had a dude if he wasn't chill. He had the dude look, but then there was also this intensity that looked like he might strangle you. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but everybody had a good time. Hopefully, hopefully, he's not a proud subscriber of the podcast. <laughs> as, he, as, as we're cutting him down, he's like, "Oh, all right. I liked you guys, but uh, yeah. That well, you said check out my podcast at the end of your show, and I was taking diligent notes. Um, so yeah, that was a that was a good time. And so t- yeah, tomorrow we kind of have a laid back day, and we just get to drive into uh, Medford to do Chadwick's Pub. So I'm going to upload this uh, Friday morning, and if anybody uh, is in the area, you know, I actually know some people that might be listening to this that are in the area that saw me two years ago when I did Chadwick's Pub, and they're like, we got a whole group, we're coming down there. And I got to tell you, it's good to have allies there, because the last time I was there two years ago, I finished the show on Saturday night, and me and the other comic were hanging out, and we were just standing up against the bar, and this group of people walked in that looked like they had just been to like a themed wedding. They were all, all wearing like ridiculous tuxes, and I didn't like say anything. I didn't even make like a weird glance at them, and all of a sudden, two of these dudes in ridiculous tuxes are standing right next to me, and finally, I, me and the other comic, we just look over at him, and one of them like gets in my face, and he goes, hey, my buddy here thinks you're a pussy. And I was like, and I was in no mood to fight. I was like, eh, he's probably right. <laughs> and they're just like, well, all right. And I was like, okay, we're going to walk away now. It was, I thought, oh man, I'm going to get my ass kicked by a guy looking ridiculous. It's going to be on the news like man in 80s tux beats the hell out of comic turd. And uh, yeah, so it'll be good to have some people on Team Hoff. 
when I go back to Chadwick's. Because you know what? Maybe next time I won't be so kind. Maybe next time I'll throw down. You know, I've got that inside of me. I I took two uh, Taekwondo classes. No, they weren't even there for the show. It was after the show. They didn't even know a show had just happened. They like, because it stays open as a bar. And and so like people are just streaming in. It like turns into a karaoke bar. And so people like people from the show left. And then other people were just streaming in for the late night cocktails. And that's when this big party of like ridiculous looking people came in. And they must have not gotten a girl that night. So they were ready to fight whatever. There's there's a moment in bars when the energy changes from like happy and horny to like pent up and desperate and that's always it usually happens around 12 45 like right before last call or if it's a late bar that's open till two it's still right around there like 111 or something when the energy change like everybody's already paired up you kind of already know the score and and the guys that haven't found a mate are just just mad and they're ready to ready to pound whatever just a bunch of angry wildebeests, and they and we're gonna see some wildebeests tomorrow. We're gonna feed them, make sure they're not hung, angry. Uh, so yeah, so it'll be nice to see some friendly faces there at uh, the Chadwick's Pub in Medford, which is a. It's been going for like fifteen years or something. Every Friday and Saturday, somehow this town does not have a comedy club yet. They have a, a two nighter in this bar, and last time I did it, both nights were full. I don't know what your experience has been. You've done it a handful. Oh, it's been not good? Oh, geez. Well, <laughs> maybe it was an anomaly when I was there. But no, last time I was there was fantastic, aside from the guy that wanted to beat the hell out of me. So uh, <laughs> hopefully it'll be good this time. I don't want to get undercut after what we just had tonight. I don't want to have my high be on a Thursday. Usually if there's a Sunday show, then you get undercut. And you're like, ah, oh, I should have taken off on Saturday and told the club to shove it. Ugh. Well, I, I, I have high hopes. I'm optimistic. Certainly several people in the Medford area will be listening to this podcast and be like, oh, Hoff's coming back. Go check him out. So if you have friends in Southeast Oregon, let them. No, Southeast, right? Medford's on the east side of Oregon. You're full of beans. It's not right on I-5. It's way east. That Travis is now an idiot on top of liking Garfield too much. Dude, he used to have a Garfield pillow. He told me he humped it every night. It was ridiculous. Uh, his dad almost disowned him. And <laughs> I guess it's, oh, damn, I didn't realize. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, Western Oregon. Western Oregon, but I stand by my pillow comments. <laughs> Keep insulting me. See what happens. Oh, I guess Oregon's fatter than I thought. I was thinking it was some skinny thing like California. I thought it was like thin and long like California, but it's kind of short and stubby. All right, Oregon, look at you. Feeling good. <laughs> um, oh, Travis and I were talking. I, I was just looking, and uh, I, I haven't gotten any hate comments on my uh, Me Too movement video that I posted, which is uh, two episodes ago I was making fun of the uh, Baby It's Cold Outside outrage and backlash, and people wanted to cancel that song, so I made... I made a comedy short. So if you guys are on uh, Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube, ch- just look up Nick Hoff, and you can and you can see that right now. It's I'm feeling good. It's it's mini viral. It's hey, all I need is mini viral. I don't I don't think they can hear you chiming in over there. The peanut gallery. He's smoking it. You wouldn't even. Oh my god, he is crushing it. Well, there's ants in the corner of the room, and they're applauding. 
they're feeling it. And you know what? A fairly clean, despite the fact that this is named after the wildlife refuge, which I feel like has 12 customers a day, this is a clean, like fairly updated hotel room. And and here's the deal. We haven't been sharing rooms all weekend, but we shared one tonight because this was an open night originally. Now, this is how uh, like comedians and bands work. We go with routing. And so we had Wednesday, Friday, Saturday booked through the same promoter, and then we just had a dead Thursday, which would have just been us just like somewhere in limbo, like trying to... I'm trying to figure out, yeah, we probably would have still shared a hotel room to minimize costs and hope the other person's not a psychopath that's going to stab us because we just met this week. Um, but, uh, you know, he Travis is 6'9", but he's kind of lanky. I feel like I could, like, still, I could, I, could make a, I could make a move for the door. I feel like he's not going to overpower me, despite the, he's not quick, okay? He's got... He's got uh, he's got these long legs that has certainly tendonitis in the knees, so I'm not worried about that. But uh, so yeah, tonight is the only night we're sharing the rooms. But we got we made sure we got two queen beds, and you know we figured we would just push those together. That's fine. We you know if it gets cold in the night, we just <laughs> um, yeah. So we've been having a good time, and oh my uh, that video I haven't gotten any backlash. I kind of thought somebody was going to take it the wrong way, which it totally was not meant to. But I thought at least one person would have been oversensitive, and maybe they were, and they just didn't say anything. But so far the the feedback's been great. People I think enjoying it. People have I, I noticed you hadn't commented on my video, even though I've been talking about nothing else this entire week. Dude, it took me three hours to make that 30 seconds. That's the ridiculous thing is like movies, like TV commercials take all day to make and then it's like whittled down to 30 seconds. So I was pretty proud that we knocked it out. And that's and that's not even including editing. TV commercials take weeks of editing and color correcting and all that. It takes one full day to shoot and then and then weeks of editing and sound design. We knocked this whole 38 second thing out in uh, three hours. Big ups to Eric Smith who shot and edited the whole thing and uh, Deb Foster of Bad Kiwis for acting in it with me. And I, I got to tell you, here, here's a little behind the scenes. Now, if you guys go on and watch it, and go ahead and pause the podcast. I'll wait. Okay, now I assume you watched it. Um, we filmed an alternate ending where uh, <laughs> I end up murdering her. And like, cause she wants, she's, I was like, it's cold outside. And she's like, I really can't stay just like the song, baby, it's cold outside. And then I like think about it and I realize the me too repercussions and I end up killing her and she's just laying there dead. And I'm like, oh man, that, that was close. I almost really got myself into trouble there and <laughs> avoided the whole thing. We ended up not using that. We decided not, to, but I'm going to tell everybody still. I thought it was still, the joke still holds up. I feel like, listen, listen, I feel like if you got a problem, you murder it. That's that's my feeling about it. But I'm still, uh, the reason why I've, we've been talking about it is because I'm still learning how to post on social media. I have no idea what I'm doing. Every weekend I have somebody come up to me and they're like, why don't you do this on your Facebook? Or why aren't you doing this on Instagram? I got a buddy out in New York who, he's a he's an investment banker and he always yells at me. And every time I post something on Instagram, he's like, you're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. Like he will just like post. He'll he'll take a screenshot of what I posted, and then he'll just be like wrong, and he'll just send it to me. Completely taunts me every single time. So I'm still learning. That's a part of what we have to do. Travis knows nothing. I've tried to pick. He's a younger comic. I thought certainly he knows how to do social media. He's worthless. He's tall as hell, and he can probably dunk a basketball, but he doesn't know what the hell. Can you dunk? 
Yeah, I'd be surprised. You cannot dunk? Uh, I don't know, man. His dad played basketball in Oregon, and you can't. You used to be able to. Yeah. No, I get it. Bodies deteriorate. I think that's what we're going to do tomorrow. I think we're going to go to the Wildlife Refuge and then find a YMCA and see if you can still dunk a basketball. I think that's worthwhile. No, I don't think you can jump over anybody and dunk, but maybe if nobody's standing around, you can throw one down. Uh, But we got two more shows. uh, Medford, Oregon, Chadwick's Pub. Come on out. It's in western, southwest Oregon. And hell yeah, we're going to the big city of Medford. And then I get home for the holidays, spend a little time in the good life of Nebraska with the family, and uh, and hopefully get some snow, although it's, it's supposed to be warm there, which I'm not really stoked about. I like my little dose of snow every year. California, we don't get any of that crap. So I'm, I'm looking forward to just a little bit of bad weather and then escaping it sometime in January, just being like, all right, that's enough for me. I'm going back to 75 and sunny. You guys enjoy scraping your windshields. (laughs) And as much as I miss Nebraska, I do not miss that January through March. Um, So check out that video. I'm sure you already have. I gave you time to pause it. So uh, let me know uh, what you guys thought of that. Share it and make sure you like it too because that's how Facebook's algorithm's all jacked up and it doesn't get enough traction unless you like it. Uh, so I, that's a hard thing with videos is because people watch the video and then they even if they like it, they just move on. They don't hit the like. And you're not going to hit a like before you watch it. So now it's really hard to get those things and, and that's how Facebook wants it. They want you to spend money to boost a post. And I am, I am ve- ve- vehemently, 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 Vehement, I am. Uh, I'm against it, you guys. I am ultra against it, and I don't. And I'll learn how to say that word for next week's podcast when uh, my guest on the show is not Travis Nelson. Um, and uh, so, yeah, watch that and help me help me get it out there to people. I think it sends a good message. I cut out the murder, so enjoy that. And uh, and then, if you guys are in Northern Indiana, I'm in Warsaw, Indiana, at uh, at a distillery there on the 29th, and then on the 8th of January, I'm back in South Bend at the Smokestack Brew. So uh, if you guys are in the Indiana area, come check out one of those shows. And then uh, middle of January, I'm down in Oklahoma City. And then uh, January 25th and 26th, I believe, um, I'm going to be in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska at the Comedy Loft, like 25th and 26th. So if you guys are in Lincoln, come out to one of those shows. If you saw me uh, last time I was in Lincoln, it's too soon. Do not come to a show. I do not have enough new stuff. So, But tell somebody, hey, man. Nick Hoff is going to come to the Comedy Loft. Make sure you get those tickets. Tell everyone you know. Drop flyers out. Tell Scott Frost to come see a show. Damn it, I support his team. He can come support me. Um, And other than that, I hope you guys have a fantastic rest of your week. I'll have one more podcast before Christmas, so I won't say it just yet. Uh, No, no, I won't. This is the last podcast. Christmas is Tuesday. Holy hell. Five days away? Four days away? And we got Christmas? So, dude... 
from the bottom of my heart, I hope you guys have a Merry Christmas. Uh, that's what this whole thing is about, just you know, having fun and enjoying your life. So I hope you guys are doing that. I hope you guys are continuing to enjoy this podcast. I'm enjoying putting them out there for you. And, and I'll let you guys know next week, the day after Christmas, whether Travis and I are still friends after this whole uh, shenanigans in Chadwick's pub. So uh, take care, have a Merry Christmas, and I'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>